Hello and welcome to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. At Emmanuel Croydon, we exist to be a community drawn together by our desire to know and follow Jesus. We long to become disciples of Jesus who are equipped to serve him in the whole of life, transforming families, communities and workplaces as we love God with heart, mind, soul and strength. We hope you enjoy this week's talk from the evening service. Thank you for joining us today. Grace and peace to you. So um, it is a great privilege and honor to be here today to serve and to share the word of the Lord together with all of us. As I have mentioned, I am the priest in charge at St. Jude with St. Aidan in Thornton Heath. For those who do not know where the church is, the church is along Thornton Road. Unfortunately, the way that I do direct people to my church is that, do you know Croydon Cemetery? That is where, unfortunately, I do begin. So Croydon Cemetery, just five minutes walk from Croydon Cemetery along Thornton Road. And um, as I was just reflecting as to potentially why I was invited here, um, I did wonder, um, since half or a third of my parish is actually Croydon Cemetery, did John invite me here to speak about the resurrection potentially because of that? But I would want to believe that is not the case. But today we are facing a chapter uh, in the Gospel according to St. John that is very, very critical, a chapter that tells us the story of an event that is central to the Christian faith, an event that most of us will term as the greatest event in human history, an event that turns the world upside down as we know it, an event that breaks barriers and exposes us to a world that we never knew that existed. Well, All this depends on whether you think that this event actually happened or not. Personally, I too believe that this event did happen. But how can I be sure of this? How can I be sure that Jesus Christ indeed did resurrect from the dead? You see, many scientists, historians, and theologians have grappled with this question and have arrived at various different conclusions. One thing all these fields have in agreement, however, is that the first eyewitness account to this event is found in the Bible, in the story of this woman, Mary Magdalene. To therefore explain why I believe that Jesus did indeed resurrect, I would want to invite us to journey together, explore the experience of Mary Magdalene as it is recorded in the Gospel according to St. John. But before we go deep into this passage, it might be quite good for us to just have a context as to what was happening prior to this event. You see, three days prior to this event, the one whom they believed was the Messiah had just been killed. The one whom they had believed to be their king and their Messiah, the one who was to deliver them from the bondages of oppression, was arrested, tortured, and killed by those same powers that they believed that they had, he had come to deliver them from. Their mighty and prophesied Messiah had been killed by the hands of those whom they believed he was meant to conquer. So that is what had happened a few days before. So in our reading, we do meet Mary. 
We are told that on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, she came to the tomb. Of course, we also do know from other gospel accounts that the reason of her coming to the tomb was to attend to Jesus' body, as it was a custom at that particular time. We also do know from other gospel accounts that as Mary and the other women were on their way, they were wondering who would move the stone from the entrance of the tomb. But what happened after she got to the tomb? When she got there, she saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. The thing that was worrying her and the other women on their way to the tomb had been removed. But what did she do after seeing that the stone had been removed? She ran. She did not run away into hiding, but ran to tell Peter and the disciples whom Jesus loved what she had seen. Peter, on the other hand, and the other disciple, on hearing this, they ran towards the tomb to go and witness for themselves. And when they got to the tomb, they saw the linen wrappings and they believed. Well, I would want to believe at this particular point, what they did believe was not potentially that Jesus had resurrected, but that what Mary had said to them, that someone had taken the Lord from the tomb, had, was indeed true. When they confirmed that indeed the tomb is empty, Jesus is not there, what did they do? They just decided to walk back home. But Mary decided to stay a little bit longer, to look inside the tomb again. But this time round, she saw two angels, and then Jesus spoke to her. She thought he was the gardener. Jesus then called her by her name, and she recognized Jesus. How wonderful it is to be known, to be known by the king, to be known by Jesus. And after this, again, she went out and proclaimed the great gospel. I have seen the Lord. What an amazing story. It is from this account that I would want to look at three steps in the exploration of faith. And through this, we will be able to encounter some of the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. So these three steps are come, see, and run. Come, see, and run. Would you mind saying that together with me? Come, see, and run. One more time. Come, see, and run. Let's start with come. We see Mary moving towards the place where they last laid Jesus, the tomb. The gospel narrative tells us that it was still dark, and it was the first day of the week. You see, her travel towards the tomb was not the easiest. It was movement in the dark. But she still came to the tomb. She journeyed in sorrow, pain and anguish of her master. Her teacher had been taken away from her. But she still came to the tomb. Her journey was a journey of discouragement and shame. Shame that the one who was to redeem them had fallen, but she still came to the tomb. Her destination was not a place of joy. It was a place that represented separation, death, and decay. But she still came to the tomb. Her journey was to care of a person 
who now represented dashed hopes, broken dreams, the failure of keeping promises, and unfulfilled prophecy. But she still came to the tomb. I could go on as to why many reasons she came to the tomb. But she had every reason why not to be there. But still, she came to the tomb. And just like Mary, the one who we refer to as the first Christian, we all may have had very good reasons why not to come to Christ. Why not to even give a second thought to who Christ was, what his power is, and what he does represent. It may be some of the reasons are that engaging with Christ feels like a shot in the dark, aimless and without any purpose, or shrouded in mystery so dark that you cannot make sense of it. It may seem as if there is no clarity whatsoever or coherence in what Christians say about what they believe in. It may be that your experience of Christianity has been a painful one. Experiences that make you ask very difficult questions. Questions like, if God is so good, why does he allow evil and injustice to still be in the world? If God is so powerful, why do we have hospitals still full of patients there and he does not kill them? If God is all good, why does he continue to allow the suffering to continue on in the world as we see it? It may be that you see that coming to faith in Jesus is a shameful thing. How can a person like me, for goodness sake, believe such kind of a thing? I surely do not need any saving. I really want to be trendy. Faith ain't trendy at all. It may be that you perceive that faith in Jesus Christ will bring so much change to your life that faith may be a cause of great discomfort for your life. But faith might just be boring. What else do you do? Just go to church, raise up your hands a little bit and sit down. What else is there to do? There's more fun somewhere else. Well, all these might be very good reason, but I am very grateful to God for two things, that despite all these questions, doubts, and struggles, you still came here tonight. You still tuned in from online. You will still download this um, podcast and listen to it. I am very, very grateful that you came tonight. Despite knowing all this about the Christian faith, you still came to church tonight. You came, and I want to thank God for that, that you came. You at least have made the first step of wanting to interact with Jesus, of wanting to know Jesus. You came, and I thank God for that, and I thank you for that. But the second thing that I really want to thank God for is just the realization that God is a welcoming God. He is always calling us to join him. Nothing says this more than his open arms on the cross. It does not matter how you come to him. It might be in the dead of night like Nicodemus. It might be sprinting like the two disciples. It might be even not sprinting, crawling, even, you know, whatever way you would want to come. The most important thing is just realizing that God is inviting us and welcoming us to come to him. So accept this invitation to come to him, to come to the place where Jesus is. It is an invitation. Come, come to Jesus. 
But when you come, it is just not an empty show. There is something that you will see when you come. Just like Mary, when she came to the tomb, she was able to see something. You see, Mary, the first Christian, according to John's account, first saw the stone rolled away. The thing that was difficult for her as she was making that journey to the cross, it had been rolled away. Then she saw two angels. Then she saw Jesus. But of course, at first, she did not recognize him. She thought that he was a gardener. Jesus called out her name, and she was able to recognize Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. It is on this account that Christian faith is found on. This eyewitness account that Jesus Christ did indeed resurrect from the dead. Of course, the reality of the resurrection has been refuted by many arguments, and I will just want to mention three among them. Well, the first argument that is put out there in you know, refuting the resurrection is, first of all, Mary and the women went to the wrong tomb. After all, it was quite dark, so they might not have been sure which tomb it was. So they just went to a tomb, and it was empty, and all of a sudden they started this narrative that Jesus Christ has resurrected from the dead. But we do have some evidence from the gospel according to St. Luke that when Jesus died, when they went to bury Jesus, that they followed very closely the people who took Jesus' body and they did see exactly where they laid Jesus Christ. So it was not the wrong tomb. It was the right tomb. Well, the other thing that people say is that, in fact, well, if the tomb was not empty, then this was a case of mass hallucination. That those, those who claimed to have seen Jesus alive were hallucinating out of the earnest desire to see Jesus. Well, possibly. But again, there is evidence that Jesus Christ did indeed appear at once to 500 people who had gathered. Well, I do not know what people might have used to be able to all of them to see the same hallucination. I do not know that. But 500 people in one place saw the same thing, the resurrected Lord. There is no way that that was a hallucination. It was a reality. And there is one, um, the final one, that is quite um, interesting, that they say, well, actually, you know what? Um, Jesus did not actually die. You know, um, they took him off the cross before he died, so he wasn't conscious, and then they put him in the tomb, and then, you know, after a few days, he became conscious, and he was able to roll away the stone and move out, and that's why the tomb was empty. Well, as you listen to that, it's just quite also um, quite interesting, simply because the passion story does tell us that at the cross, Jesus' side was pierced, and blood and water gushed out an indication that indeed he had died. And it was indeed custom of the Romans that if they hung people and it got to dark and they had not died, they would break their knees and their legs. They did not do this to Jesus because he was already dead. And also secondly, how could someone who had suffered such a trauma be able to just wake up and roll a massive stone and go out. Well, of course, he was Jesus. He might have been able to do that. But if that's the case, then he is still Jesus. He can't still be able to rise again from the dead. There we go. But what are some of the reasons that we as Christians do believe, and I myself personally have 
the concrete evidence that I do have of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, first of all, is the obvious one, that the tomb was empty. Despite the efforts of the Pharisees and the chief priests to secure the tomb with guards and even to make it sealed that no one would be able to break it, so that they can be able to prevent the disappearance of the body of Christ, the tomb was still found to be empty. A fact is that to this very date, more than 2,000 years after this event, the remains of Jesus Christ have never been found anyone else, anywhere else. In fact, there is an amazing uh, podcast uh, by Rowan Williams where he says to this point that um, him as a former Archbishop of Canterbury, if anyone will be able to provide to him the remains of Jesus Christ, he would gladly recant the Christian faith. He was that sure that the physical remains of Jesus Christ were never found. The tomb was empty. Well, the second is the eyewitness account with the resurrection, of course. It was a historical event. There were numerous accounts of eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses who saw the resurrected Lord. Of course, from Mary Magdalene, who we are looking at today on the first day of the week, to the disciples of Jesus across 40 days. And of course, key among this eyewitness account is the account of Mary Magdalene. This is indeed very key because at that very particular time, for a woman's testimony to be believed, it had to be confirmed by another woman. So if the disciples, let's say, for argument's sake, wanted to run a conspiracy theory about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if they wanted to spin this story, then who would they have put to be the first person to see Jesus Christ, knowing very, very well that if you put a woman at that particular time as a first witness, no one is going to buy that story. They would have definitely put a man there, unfortunately. However, against the grain, a woman is mentioned being the first person to witness the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, another powerful indication of the gospel message. A message that goes and breaks boundaries and all bondages that there are in this world. That turns our world upside down and calls us to repentance and the love of Jesus Christ. So the eyewitness account is a strong indicator of Jesus' life. But the third thing is changed lives. You see... Soon after Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples, the disciples, um, after 10 days after Jesus um, had went up to heaven, they were filled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And they started going all out, proclaiming that Jesus Christ, the one that you crucified, he is alive. He did indeed resurrect. And people persecuted them, tortured them. Most of them were killed, but none of them was able to recant this story. They still stood by their word that Jesus Christ did resurrect from the dead. How could it be that even to the point of death, they still stood to this story? My reason is I believe that Jesus did resurrect. But further from this, this is just... Um, some of the arguments that are out there. That is the empty tomb, the witness account and changed life. I think there is another element to the story, and that is the element of grace. You see, 
Christ invites us to see and know him. It is by grace, his unmerited favor, that we get to see and to know him. It is by faith that we have confidence in his resurrection. You see, faith is not something you throw onto an equation so that you can make it work. Faith is not the denial of reality. Faith is not the conclusion of a mind that is unwilling to stretch and to probe further. Faith is the assurance of things not seen. It is the knowledge that, yes, I was not there. Yes, the accounts are a bit patchy, but I know that this is true. This assurance comes through grace. The grace of God assures us that he knows us by our name. His grace rolls the stone away from us, rolls the difficult things so that we may be able to see the empty tomb and behold the resurrected Christ. Grace is the other thing. Of course, all our journeys to faith are very different and very unique. Jesus is very personal and he tends to find us individually and we at times tend to find him personally. As we live our lives and interact with each other, as we interact and we find and we try to wrestle with all the difficult life questions and questions of faith, at times we might miss to see Jesus. We may be looking so hard, yet we cannot see him. My encouragement to you is keep looking. Just like Mary stayed when the disciples went away, keep looking. Do not be afraid to get it wrong. After all, you made the first step of coming. Do not be afraid to get it wrong the first time. Mary thought this was the gardener. Keep looking. Do not be tired of meeting together, fellowshipping together, Bible study, prayer meetings, Alpha course. Even if it does not seem to make sense at this particular time, do not give up. Jesus Christ knows you by your name and by his grace, he will call you. And by this, he will open your eyes and you will see the resurrected Christ. And the final step is run. As Mary saw the empty tomb, she ran to tell it to the disciples. When the disciples heard the tomb was empty, they also ran towards the tomb. After Mary saw the resurrected Lord, she went and told the disciples, I have seen the Lord. You see, the message of forgiveness, restoration and reconciliation brought about by the work of Christ on the cross and of his resurrection is such incredible news that you may not want to keep it to yourself. The transformation that the knowledge of his love brings calls us to share this incredible love and joy. And this evening, I will just want to pray that to all of us who are listening here today, those who have come and have seen the Lord, that God may be able to enthuse us so that we may be able to run out in joy, to declare this message of hope, forgiveness, and healing. For indeed, this is a message that the world needs at this particular time. Of course, proclamation does not necessarily mean standing on a pulpit or a street corner and proclaiming the resurrected Christ. That may be part of it. But more so is how we take care of those who are vulnerable among us. How we stand for justice and a better world. How we provide a shoulder to lean on to those who are mourning. Especially at this very difficult moment in the world, we are called to run out to run and show the love of Jesus Christ to those who are suffering. So once you have found your faith, once you have seen the resurrected Christ, my encouragement to you, when you find your faith, do not just keep it, 
but share it. Share the love of Jesus Christ to as many people as you can. In conclusion, Mary came to the tomb. Would you want to come to Jesus this evening? Yes, it might not be so clear. There might still be a bit of darkness. But when you come to him, he will reveal himself to you and you will be able to see him. I want to see Jesus and I pray that may you be able to see Jesus. Especially to see Jesus in this world that you are living in at this particular time. And after that, I would want to run, to run and tell it to the world of what Jesus has done, that he has conquered death and sin. There will be prayer ministry at the end of the service. And if you're there and you're saying today that, Lord, I really do want to come to you. I really want to make that bold step of coming to you. Accept that invitation and come to Jesus might as well be here and you're saying, Lord, I want to come to you on behalf of someone else, on behalf of a difficult, dark situation that is going on in my family, at my place of work. Lord, I really want to come to you. When that time comes, may you come to Christ. Or you may be here and you have been searching and seem not to be finding, looking but not yet seeing. And today you are saying, Lord, I really want to see you. I really want to see your hand in in my situation. I really want to see you work in my family. You are welcome to come for prayer as well. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, I do not know how to go about sharing this great message of the Lord. The love that I have experienced of the Lord, I don't know how to share about it. I want to pray and welcome you to also come that we may pray together that God may enthuse you to share his good news. It is an invitation. Come to Jesus that you may be able to see that he is indeed Lord and Savior, the resurrected Christ. And you may be able to run and tell to the world that Jesus Christ is is Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Emmanuel Croydon podcast. For more information about our church and everything we have going on, visit our website, emmanuelcroydon.org.uk. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to see and hear what's going on in the life of our church. God bless you and have a wonderful week.